0: This video may contain strong course of language. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello again, everybody. My name is Simon Romero, and you are watching Behind the Grind. We're chilling here with my So Right Mini. We got the big So Right, not, not So Mini. We got the, the So Spine here. Okay. The best massage tool on the planet earth but as you all know today we have mr justin james on the show he's joining us for episode 45 Numero 45 so i hope you guys are ready because he's coming the guitar hero justin james he's here enjoy and And gentlemen it is time for another episode of
1: Behind the Grind, with your one and only host, Simon Romero. Alright, so how's it going today? Hey it's a hot day, just getting done with uh, my first training session, and uh, just coming to this Vegas and, uh, you and got the pool all in the background, you know, a little grill unit, get to, uh, you know, hang out for, for a couple hours and back to training at 3 o'clock. Awesome. you look, you look all set over there in, in Las Vegas. Yeah, and I, it's, uh, I'm, I'm living a dream, man. I feel like I'm living a dream.
0: For sure. So I, I saw that pool back there. Is that, uh, do you use that for your training at all?
1: No, I don't, man. I mean, no. my son a little bit. Uh, I rent. Uh, in the landlord. Uh, yeah, we don't use it very much, to be honest. No. Uh, it's, too, it's too fucking hot. Like, yeah. like, hey, like 115 degrees, and it's not like, and you're, you're in Ontario. I am, yes. Okay, so it's humid there, like, like when you walk outside, because I'm from Michigan, so yeah. when you walk outside, it's like, the sun hurts your skin, like, it yeah, doesn't, I know. and uh, I can't fucking make it make sense, but, so <laughs> I, I you know, and I'll sit where I'm at, and he'll swim and shit. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, I was I was
1: actually in the, the
0: uh, pool this morning, I could feel the sun, it was like, blazing on my back.
1: Oh, yeah, dude, it's probably humid there, Crazy. too.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, so. We're here today to talk about some interesting topics. So we were supposed to talk to you after your last fight, but uh, you were a busy guy flying on the clouds over there. So talk me through uh, your win. Uh, I believe it was at the Apex not long ago. So talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, so uh, Jason, my manager, called me Wednesday late Wednesday night. I was on my way to get dinner, asked if I could make weight Friday. I said, you know, bet, let's go. And uh, showed up. I did like 16 pounds in like 20 hours and uh that was that was really it was a tough weight cut made weight frank missed weight uh went into the fight and i just wanted to you know show you know i have so many fights i have 20 fights and being from ontario man i fought a lot of guys from ontario i know a lot of guys i'm training right now with tj Laramie, uh yeah, you know kara yeah. Rowe, uh my boxing instructor she's from ontario jesse gross who i fought three times uh from ontario uh, uh but anyways so uh, you know i just want to catch them off you know catch them off balance and uh throw some heavy shots, show him that I wasn't afraid, and bada-bing, bada-boom, hit him with the left hook, second one. I felt the first one land, and I was like, I better do that again, hit him again, and he fell, and that was the beginning of the end.
0: For sure. So it didn't take very long. I believe it was exactly 41 seconds or something like that, if I'm not wrong.
1: Yes, the fastest TKO in debut lightweight history and the second fastest finish. Uh, And I'm tied with Charles Oliveira. He had a 41-second finish on his debut, but it was a submission.
0: Okay, yeah, that's actually that's crazy. It must have been a lot to swallow and all that. But uh, how did you end up handling it? Was there family to uh, kind of calm you down
1: a little? What was it all that? Dude, it was so. I wish, as as I've, as I've told people before, man, it's I can't really. I it's it doesn't make any sense to me even now thinking that you know because I've worked so hard for so long. Yeah, you know, I've been doing MMA since I was 17 years old. So we're going on 12, 13 years, yeah. and I had 70 MMA fights, and for my 20th pro fight and basically my 70th you know event to be in the UFC is just so overwhelming even now thinking about it and this is over a month ago you know and and still to be thinking about it and to think and when I think about it, I get goosebumps still the you know like 10 years ago I always said I was going to do this and throughout these 10 years it's been emotional roller coaster ups and downs wins and losses injuries and this and to know that you know I got it and I did everything I said I was going to do plus a little more you know to be in the record books to put on a performance you know as I did it's uh the feeling is unimaginable, man. I feel, I feel like a million bucks.
0: <laughs> For sure. So you went in there, you took out a vet. You got one coming up also against uh, Mr. Gavin Tucker. Have you uh, watched any, uh, any video on this guy? Do you know much about him?
1: Oh man, he's Gavin's become my best friend. I stalk him. I stalk his social media. I stalk his YouTube. I stalk all his interviews. I want to hear what he sounds like. I want to see what he looks like. I want to know. I I visualize him uh, when I wake up in the morning, I visualize him before I go to sleep. I'm thinking about this guy non-stop. My girlfriend's actually jealous because I think I think <laughs> and talk about this guy way more uh, about her and she feels a little jealous because like I care about him more than I do her now, mm-hmm. you know. Like I said, Gavin's my new best friend. I, I, I've shit. I, I, by the end of this, I'll know what kind of beer he drinks. You know, I'm obsessed with Gavin Tucker. So, anyways, talk about Gavin Tucker. Gavin Tucker is an incredible fighter. He's, I think he's two years, I think he's 33. I'm thir- yeah. uh, I'll am i be 30 on August 8th. My birthday is August 10th, so I'll be 31. So, I'm not much. But, dude, we're fighting and we're the same size. That is just so incredible. Like, I never get to fight someone that's shorter than me or my height. You know, I'm 5'6, five, 5'7. Five, he's 5'6, five, 5'7. You know, it's a, it's an intriguing matchup for the fans because we're taking two clash of styles. I believe he's a black belt in jujitsu. That's great. I'm a two stripe brown belt. I've been grappling. I went through college wrestling. Like I feel that, you know, when it comes to grappling, we're we're, we're stalemate. When it comes to wrestling, although I have a more credentialed wrestling background for wrestling in college. I feel mm-hmm. that, you know, he's a great wrestler, you know, for MMA wrestler. Now, when it comes to size, I'm the bigger man. I'm coming down from 155, so I am going to be a little bit bigger. I feel strength. I'm going to be a lot stronger. Uh, and I give him the edge and speed, man. This is so exciting. And he's a southpaw, of course. And, I mean, the motherfucker's so fast. And I'm not going to try and sit here and bullshit you and be like, oh, fuck, like, I'm fast as him. No, I'm not. That guy's faster than me. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's why the fight's exciting because I'm more powerful than him. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious what approach he's going to take. Uh, my approach is always the same, stand and bang. I'm fighting for 50k. I mean, if, if he asks, like, there's no, there's no tricks to my approach. Like, I'm, I'm fighting for bonuses, man. And if Gavin Tucker's, te- if uh, Gavin Tucker's head, you know, gets served up, I'm knocking it down, man. That's all there is to it.
0: Of course. So if we go back to uh, talking about that career through your amateur days, and now you're a professional, I want to get your opinion, I guess, on what you think, like, how important. That amateur experience is because some guys will go like four and one four and two right to the pro ranks in your opinion what do you think fight what do you think is like a reasonable amount of fights for a guy to go from amateur to professional i
1: you know i i had 50 amateur fights
0: after
1: and that's not because you know for one i just like to fight i generally like the competition wrestling at heart you know you wrestle you know you could do three tournaments in a week or two tournaments in a week in high school all through college same thing so I like to stay active. I like to stay busy, you know, through my amateur career. But I think, I think, you know, amateur fighters should have 20 fights. You know, there's something mm. that I can say that a lot of fighters can't. I've been submitted by a choke. I've been submitted by a uh, fucking joint manipulation. I've been choked unconscious. I haven't been knocked unconscious. Kyle Propolik in 2010. Uh, he fights in the UFC. Uh, he hit me with a with a good head kick and it dropped me to my knees. And that's the close I've been to being knocked out. And that was in 2010. And I didn't train for the fight. But again. We're talking a guy that made it to the UFC uh, in in recent years. Uh, Mm. But when it comes down to that experience, like I've been in the worst of situations. I've gassed out and had your boy Jesse Gross beating on me and I can't even stand up because I'm so tired. I just say he's your boy because he's from Ontario. Uh, And, you know, I'm so exhausted, tired, you know, because during amateur, that was one thing I do regret about my amateur career. Uh, Looking back, I shouldn't say I regret it, but I I probably should have done different. But I got the experience from it is a lot of times I wouldn't train for fights, man. I just wanted to fight so bad that they yeah. would be like Fuck, I'd be drinking beer the weekend before partying and then be like hey we have an opening all right fucking bet and you know I, I sustained some injuries doing that you know if you mm-hmm. watch the Jesse Gross Justin James first fight in like 2008 I think it was 2008 or 2009 like I was competitive through the first round and I just gassed man I couldn't stand up and he just just teeing off to my body as I'm in a field position and you know, I, you just can't teach that experience. You know, you you just being hurt like that and being that tired and trying to push through it. You don't want to have that come out on the pro, you know, pro circuit. And that's what happens. Sure, a, lot yeah. guys, a lot of guys go five, six, seven, eight. No, as an amateur turn pro get a couple fights. They want to get to the UFC. They get there and. You, know, you freeze a little oh. bit. Yeah, Okay. we're back, though. All right. Got it. Yeah. So, like I said, I think 20, 20 fights and, and fighting tough guys, not just tomato cans, fight someone that's going to push you, fight someone that's going to take you into the later rounds. And, you know, a lot of interviewers ask me like, oh, well, you know, you finish your fights in the first round. What if it goes into the second, and third round? It's like, ah, I already got all that mapped out. I've had five round <laughs> fights and I've went to the fifth round. I have, mm-hmm. you know, two decision wins, you know, against Troy Lampson, who was seven and zero when I fought him. We went to the fifth round. I beat him 40 or 50 to 45. I, yeah, yeah, I didn't like just I'm in shape. You know, I just happen to hit guys, and, you know, the quicker I can get out, I don't, I don't need to test myself. I, testing, you know, that's another question I get asked a lot is, don't you feel you want to test yourself and your skill? No. I did that as an amateur. I know my skill. I know what I'm capable of, and my goal is to knock my opponent or submit my opponent as quick as possible.
0: For sure. So before in your wrestling days, I, that wasn't possible, knocking your opponent out or submitting them. Talk to me about uh, your wrestling background. Like, what was it like in college? And now you'd have to transition it to MMA wrestling. It's not really exactly, it's not exactly the same wrestling you're doing now. But uh,
1: how much did that help you when you were wrestling in college? You know, with the mental toughness of overcoming adversity, you know, throughout high school, I was a pretty good high school wrestler. uh, You know, and then at my senior year of high school, I found MMA and I fell in love with it so much. I kind of abandoned my, I didn't really take my college wrestling career serious, Uh, Mm. you know, Partying on the weekends and shit, you know, doing what college kids do, man. And I just couldn't stay focused because I was really focused on MMA. Um, So I can't say my college career turned out the way I always thought it would. Um, But as for mixing it back to MMA, you know, being there in the grind and being in a college wrestling heat and going to the tournaments and having to do five, six matches in a weekend or a day even – you know, I think that's overall, it's made my character and the grittiness that I'm not going to quit, man. You can hurt me. I can be tired and I'm not going to quit. You're going to have to finish me and the referee is going to have to stop you. Uh, and, and I contribute that to my college wrestling days because, man, there's there's no sport in the world like wrestling. Grappling is fucking easy. When you get tired, just roll to your back. That's all you have mm. to do in wrestling. You're trying to put motherfuckers to their back. You know, there isn't submissions. You can't find qu- quick subs. You got to force a man your size and your skill level to lay on his back, you know what I mean? And there's yeah. just no sport like it. And that and how hard wrestling is and transitioning to MMA makes MMA easy for me.
0: For sure. So I've heard that a lot. Uh, wrestling's one of the toughest sports. And I've heard that from MMA guys. I've heard that from even jujitsu guys. They're like, oh, I tried wrestling and I couldn't even like control my emotions or anything.
1: So it was so difficult. Well look at it like this. You know, you can take in a, 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 a college, a, good, a say a national qualifier wrestler mm-hmm. and put him in a jiu-jitsu match and he might not win first place, but he's going to be competitive and he might win. I've won yeah. a lot. Before I started Gi, I would jump in jiu-jitsu tournaments and just wrestle fuck guys and look for guillotines and rear naked chokes. And I'd win. And I'd be going against brown belts and black belts and I'm not subbing them, but I can yeah. control them and beat them. Now, if you take mm-hmm. that jiu-jitsu guy, that world champion jiu-jitsu guy and put him in a college wrestling room, Oh, he's yeah. getting fucked up by not only the first string guy, but probably the second, the third as well. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's and it's basically I'm not gonna. It's not the same, obviously, but in a sense it is. You know, yeah. like you're trying to control somebody, and uh, you know, I I, I just it, I always look at it, it's like could you could you take a wrestler and put him competitive in a jiu-jitsu tournament? Absolutely. Could you take a jiu-jitsu guy and put him in competitive wrestling tournament? Probably not. <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, so I don't know if you're, like, another Khabib or what. I don't know if you're wrestling bears out there. But I see you, you're fishing, you're hunting. Is that a big hobby of yours? I see you go out with your son once in a while fishing. Talk to me about that.
1: Dude, I tell you what, man. I fight so I can hunt and fish. Hunting and fishing aren't my – it's what I live for. It's my passion, you know. And Mm. and coming from the Midwest, it's not so much out in Nevada. Some people really frown upon it, you know, when I get excited about killing animals. But, you know, it's not – it's not about killing animals. It's like, just like anything else, you know, it's fucking tough. You know, I went deer hunting last year up in, uh, in, uh, about a couple hours away from Las Vegas. And I was up there for two weeks hiking, you know, five to 12 miles a day in the heat with a backpack on, like it's physically, it's mentally tough. And then after the end of the two weeks, I finally got my opportunity. So I think people need to, you know, get off this whole thing. Oh my God, people, hunters like to kill animals. No, it's a sport just like anything. You work really hard at it and you get rewarded at the end, you know I mean? And, and you get as much as you want. If you want to shoot a little animal, you can do it, but I don't shoot little animals. I shoot trophy animals and uh, it's hunting and fishing are my passions. And, uh, you know, like I said, when I stop, I don't know how I'm going to pay because it's expensive as fuck too. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it when I retire from fighting. <laughs> yeah so hopefully you'll have that in the bank
0: but like when I'm, I'm sure you were doing this growing up too with your father back in the day too no
1: not so much my dad my dad wasn't much of a hunter but my grandpa was and okay. it's funny because he i i liked hunting because he liked hunting mm. and uh it was weird because now that i'm older and i look back it's that motherfucker never hunted he just go up north to drink beer and if they got a deer and <laughs> they, they didn't but he still had me outdoors you know, mm. uh, you know, still helping him build blinds and shit. And that's what really got me into it. And I remember my mom was yelling at me one day and we live on a farm in Michigan and I ran, yeah. she started chasing me cause she was going to whoop my ass. And I started running from her and I ran out in the woods cause we have 40 mile acre, 40 mile, uh, 40 acre parcel out back. And she wasn't chasing me anymore. So I started walking and I come around this corner and this monster buck was there. At least I remember his monster. It might not have been. And I was just, and I was like nine years old or eight years old. And I just remember thinking like, Oh my gosh, I want to. I want to take pictures of these animals. So then I start yeah. going out there to take pictures and my grandpa's was a hunter and it kind of just, you know, kind of just snowballed after that. So what's like the biggest animal buck or whatever you've caught
0: or fish even like, what's the biggest you caught?
1: And so the biggest fish I'd say, uh, I caught a 300 pound blue shark, uh, <laughs> off the a coast. shark. Yeah. A shark I was, I was about 300 pounds is off the coast of San Diego a couple of years ago. Uh, The biggest animal – well, you know, I caught a whale once, and this is a true story. A lot of people don't know about this because I know there's going to be legal repercussions. uh, But this is a true story, and I'll send you the video if you want to see it. But I was out out tuna fishing last year in San Diego, and uh, a fin whale, which is – it's about a 60 to 70-foot whale. Surfaces right in front of our boat. I mean five, ten feet away, and we're like, oh, shit, back the boat up. Like it's going to capsize us. So we backed the boat up, and, you know, I had been drinking a couple cold beers, and I was like, fuck it, you know. I've seen free willy. I know how to handle this. So I just strip all my clothes off down my underwear and I jump into the water and we're in about, we're in about 1500 feet of water and the water was about 50 degrees. It was freezing cold. And I just remember when I hit the water, I was like, fuck, I just sobered up instantly. And I'm like, it's fucking, cold. I'm like, it's cold. And the, my buddy Clint, he was the captain of the boat is me and two friends. He's like, dude, get your ass over there. So I'm like, all right, bet. So I turn and I start swimming. Towards him. And when I started swimming towards him, he stopped. And that kind of like, I was like, Ugh. fuck it. I'm halfway there already. So I'm only like 10, 15 feet away. And I swim up to the animal and uh, I surface. And I mean, I'm within arm's reach now. And oh, I'm like, holy jeez. fuck. And, I'm, and we're talking about a seven foot long animal. And yeah. uh, you can hear his blowhole in the video. And it's all on video too.
0: You can hear his oh, blowhole
1: in the video. And the, waves were, the swells were starting to pick up and the swells were pushing me into the animal. So imagine I'm just bumping it over and yeah. over. And I'm like, I really don't want to this thing off so i put my <laughs> arm around its dorsal fin it's tight. i swear to god i'm holding the i'm holding this oh this 200 ton whale 70 feet long by my arm and then the whale dips down like real low he goes down like i don't know maybe three or four feet with the swell oh, yeah and i swear and you'll see it in the video because i'll send it to you he comes okay. back up and i'm on its back i have one leg on full side and i'm like free willie. and i have one hand here <laughs> swims you know a couple of yards and goes back under and i get off and i go back to the boat and i'm like holy fuck i what just happened and so i I grab my gopro and i look i'm like no he's gonna leave he's gonna leave like i look back the motherfucker didn't leave he just hung out so i jump back in the water with my gopro i swim all around the whale and it was like and i have it's i don't know it's lateral fin the fin that goes out to the side i guess lateral fin i remember grabbing on and it's swimming not fast but nice and slow and i'm holding on and it turns around and looks at me and Cause I really I wanted to go up to its face and like get video, but Mm. when it turned around, its mouth had to be 20 feet wide, and uh, I was just like, "Eh, I don't want to get sucked. It's not that they're aggressive, (laughs) but if you if yawns, motherfucker, like I don't know anything about whales, like so I grab onto its lateral fin with my GoPro at my hands. I'm holding on here and I have my GoPro and I'm videoing everything, and Mm. uh, ends up going down again, and I have it on my GoPro he surfaces back underneath me and i'm standing i and this this one i don't have my phone but it's on my gopro that standing and i'm trying to like surf on the whale but he was too slippery and uh, i I fall back into the water and i look and there's jellyfish all around me so i swim back to the boat after Mm. i swim back to the boat the whale just kind of just went off and did its own thing and did a little tail flip at the end and i was like see (laughs) see, see you later it was the most emotional and craziest thing so Mm. point is you ask what's the biggest animal I've ever caught? It was a fucking fin
0: <laughs> whale. Long story short, that's that's long the biggest one you caught. <laughs> yeah. That honestly sounds like it's something straight hand. out of a movie. I caught it with my bare hands too. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Anyways, that kind of blew my mind a little.
1: Dude, when you see the video, bro, don't post the video though. I won't. I won't. All right.
0: <laughs> Anyways, so after that long story, we gotta know:
1: Do I stand a chance against you in Guitar Hero? Dude, I'll be oh. honest, I'm not even that good. Uh, no? It, it's, I'm not even that good. It, it came so, like, like I've said, I've told a couple people the story is, you know, we just, in college, you know, as guitar was, a, guitar was a thing in like 2010, and we would jam hard, and we'd play all day. I'd skip class to play guitar here, but I never was that good. I could play an expert, you know, mm-hmm. for, for like probably half the songs, and, uh, but, you know, and then we'd have like have parties, and we'd get the guitar yeah. here, i and be up on the table, you know, jamming and shit, and, you know, just <laughs> acting stupid. And uh, one of my buddies, like, hey, I bet you won't, you know, put that around your neck and jam all the way to the ring. And I said, bet, yeah. and uh, I was you know drunk. And next day, <laughs> were and uh, you know, the next thing I know, if you look at my Instagram, you'll see me like fist pumping with the guitar. I saw that one, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did that like three or four times, and okay. uh, you know, I, I and, and I did a couple other stupid gimmicks too, like uh. Another one I did was like the karate kid where I come out to everyone's Kung Fu fighting wearing a karate gi and shit. Just, just trying to keep things exciting. Honestly, early on in my career, my amateur career, especially I was rather boring. Like I just, I went, I relied on my wrestling so much. I'd throw yeah. two punches, take them down, look for rear naked chokes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Darren Crookshank was my college roommate and, uh, he's like, dude, you need to like spice up your fights. Like you didn't get more exciting. No, nobody wants to see laying praise. So, yeah. Uh before I transitioned over to my striking, uh, like really focusing on my striking, I'd create small gimmicks so could people could be excited to watch me fight. Because the fight's boring. Like, I was yeah. boring from 2007 to 2010. Um, so I was trying to find these gimmicks. And that happened a lot. Like, I'd be out and people like, oh, you're the guy that rocked the guitar here. Or like, they don't yeah. know what my name was, if I won or lost. They just remember that I was the guy that did that. So yeah. when I turned pro, I text, I told sure Dog and uh, Topology that I wanted to take it down. And uh, they never took it down. and uh, I guess lo and behold, ten years later, I'm the guitar hero again.
0: <laughs> so, like, is there anything in the works coming up for this next fight? Can we see you pulling off something something sweet?
1: Hey, man, I'm, like I said, I, I can't ever make any promises of how the fight's gonna go or what's gonna happen. Um, you know, I can't promise outcomes, of course, but yeah, for sure, what I can't promise is, you know, I'm going to be in De- uh, Gavin Tucker's face. You know what I mean? He's going to be trying all this fancy footwork and, uh, you know, if, and I expect to get hit. You know, he's, he's fast. He's slick. His angles are so great. And so, you know, he's, I mean, the guy is a fucking phenomenal fighter. I'm like, I like watching him fight. You know, I'm a fan now, you know, yeah. I, I didn't love him prior to the matchup, but now I'm a fan. And even after this fight, I'm going to continue to watch him, watch him go. But, you know, keep those hands up Playboy because I'm coming swinging for that 50 K for sure. So, are you usually a fan of your uh, of your opponents, or is
0: this like a first time thing?
1: No, I so before I fought Frank Camacho, I saw him fight a uh, fight before, and yeah. uh, I was like a huge fan. But when I saw him fight, I'm uh, oh, gonna think uh, Norris, Damian Norris, was it? Okay. Uh, I was like, man, this guy fucking scraps, and and I remember yeah. thinking, because this was a couple of years ago, I remember thinking like, man, that'd be cool to be in a fight with a guy like this, where we just stand in exchange, mm-hmm. and. Not that I followed him after that, but I just remember seeing that fight and being like, oh, fuck, this guy's a gamer. And then when they called me and I could relate back to that, you know, several years ago, me thinking like, dude, how cool would it be to fight this guy? And then to get it is like, what the fuck? What's happening right now? (laughs) I was just so overwhelmed with emotion. And, you know, I'm anybody that gets in the ring with me or, you know, I'm a fan of, you know, because I know how hard it is to get where we are. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not I'm a little bit of a shit talker for fun. You know, I, I like to I like the playful banner and shit, but when it comes down to it, 99.9% of the time, this guy's training just as hard as me, if not harder, For maybe sure, a little yeah. less, you know, within within reason. And you know, I respect that, and I, I know the time and dedication and and losses, you know, through uh, you know, I missed you know, 10 years of my son growing up, you know, living in Vegas and training. Not saying that I don't see him because I do, but yeah. I'm not all the time, you know. Mm. So I, I I respect and I'm a fan and I and I wish the best for every guy I win or lose to.
0: That's the thing, like I want to continue on that, but like the people on the outside, they don't seem to notice that there's two of these guys. They're normal people. They're fighting each other. It doesn't make them extra human or anything, but like fighters like, like you guys. I'm a boxer myself, so I kind of can relate to it a little bit. But uh, you guys kind of like you know what you're doing. Sure,
1: yeah, it's you know, I think a lot of the media hype, all this, all this trash talk is just for ticket sales and that's fine. And, and I don't mind doing that. I love mm. engaging. I love talking shit. I talk shit to my training partners every day. <laughs> I get to train with some of the best fighters in the world, Boston Salmon, you know, Brad Tavares, uh, mm. Brian Carraway. I just got a session done with, uh, uh, Neil, uh, from Israel, uh, TJ Larmy, like I said, uh, Kyle Pollock has come to Vegas and train, you know, if you're not having fun talking shit, you know, if I catch Caraway, even though he's out of shape right now, I catch him in a submission. You better believe he's going to hear about it for a couple hours at least. And you know, in the same thing, he'll 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 do it back. And keeps mm-hmm. me hungry, keeps me honest, and it keeps me having fun. And, and that's what you need to do in this sport. If you're not having fun, you need to change. You need to change your job now.
0: Exactly. That's what I live by. Is you got to have fun doing it because what's the point? Like you're you're suffering through all that hard work, frowny face maybe every day. It's there's no point in doing it. You're in punch in the face. Like I don't understand.
1: It's, it's, it sucks. You know, it's like at the beginning of my, my professional career, like it was a lot of fun and I was super excited to be, you know, throughout my, see what was going to happen in my future. And then at one point in my career, I was like six and three mm-hmm. and, I, man, I'm never going to make it. I tried out for the ultimate fighter, made it to the second round. Uh, they didn't, they didn't take me. And it was like, fuck, this is never going to break. And you know, that's where I started going through some lows, man. Like, yeah. you know, to, to get in the UFC on my 20th fight, is incredible because I see a lot of guys, young guys, especially five and two, four and one, four and oh, it's like, man, these guys haven't even put in any work. They haven't even fought yet. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm a, I'm a veteran and I'm not just a guy that takes guys down. I mean, look at my record. I have like, I don't know what I have 16 wins, and like 14 finishes. Like I'm not yeah. a boring fighter. I go out there and when I do lose, I'm trying to win the whole time. It's not like you know, it's a boring fight. I'm trying to, you know, kill these guys. So, you know, recently in the last year or so, I've been let relatively depressed debating on a career change. Uh, but you know what, I got a new manager this year, Jason House, Iridium Sports. And I tell you what, I told him what my goals are. And he says, I'm going to accomplish it. And sure as shit, here we are.
0: Awesome. So about that career change, was there something like you were thinking about doing instead of fighting? Obviously, it's not going to happen now. But like, what were you thinking about back then?
1: Uh Law enforcement, you know, Las Vegas really? has a yeah, I, I'm very, uh, pro police. Um, okay. I train officers, uh, you know, and, and I like to think that, you know, when I train them, I can, I can show them, uh, manipulations, I guess, you know, mm. to, 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 so there isn't so much publicity when you're taking somebody down, like, you know, what's obviously with everything going on right now. Um, and I like to contribute that, you know, a lot of guys coming in the gym, like we can get away from that shit because I can teach them jujitsu, proper technique how to restrain somebody and not fuck them up or kill them even. And, uh, you know, so I, I want to evolve into, you know, a cop and be able to take my training and do it for good. You know, after the Mm -hmm. MMA, I'm doing it good for right now. I'm doing it for the fans, but when it's all said and done, I'm still going to have all that knowledge. I'm still going to have all that experience. You know, I want to be able to transition it over and, and, and try to help people and, uh, you know, make people obey the law and do it the right way. You know? And I, and I think me and, other fighters that's a good opportunity for us
0: for sure so you seem to be like the experts on hairstyles i'm gonna be honest here (laughs) you gotta rate the new hair do you all right i got it curled the other day i
1: feel like it looks okay but it looks fucking good man fucking right it's it's good so now if you're you're boxing and you have that like slip too you're gonna see the hair in the slow motion (laughs) hair wave it's gonna look pretty fast man i wish i could grow hair i can just grow a good beard and that's about it yeah, I
0: like the beard anyways, by the way. It looks looks nice. <laughs> Thank you. All right, talking about expert, are you a coffee drinker?
1: Yeah, man, I'm i I'm a caffeine fanatic. I I fucking drink 3 cups of coffee already. I'll have an energy drink before my next session. Um, you know, it's yeah, I, I love coffee. I, I drink death coffee. It's called death coffee. It's it's really? very expensive, like $20 a bag. It's supposed yeah. to be the highest caffeine coffee there is. Oh boy. So do you usually have like an espresso from Starbucks
0: once in a while? Have you tried that before?
1: I, I not before training. There's just too many calories. You know, I just like no, no. I just want a black coffee, or I like that Rockstar Recovery, which is like 10 calories uh, per can.
0: Awesome. So, can you say how do you say espresso? Do you say it like okay, go for it, say espresso? Espresso. All right. I was gonna say if you say it like espresso or expresso. Just... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got this fight coming up. No more giggling around. You are allowed to leave a message for your opponent now. The floor is all yours. (laughs)
1: Hey, I I don't have a message for him, man. He can watch my fights. My hands speak for themselves. I don't need to talk shit to this guy. He knows I'm coming. He knows I'm slinging. I'm hoping he has the same game plan I do. Let's get in the pocket and let's fucking swing him. If he wants to make this a fucking boring-ass wrestling match, I mean, I'll do the same. But, again, I want the 50K. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell him this. If he's trying to wrestle and beat me by wrestling... neither of us are getting the bonus let's fucking get in there and swing and you know see who falls first awesome
0: I'm excited for that so before I let you go I want to give you the opportunity to thank anyone who has helped you on your journey the floor is all yours
1: yeah I just want to thank my coaching staff you know Dennis Davis uh Andrew Jacoby uh Roman Isbell um you know Kara Rowe uh you know she's from Ontario uh she's she's been town with TJ and I've been working with her every day uh, just my family, you know, for all the endless support and, you know, all my Instagram followers, Facebook followers with the endless support, man. And I'm trying to reach out to every single person individually as they, as they message me or comment. And, uh, I just really appreciate you guys. And if I don't get to you, I, I will eventually. Um, I just really appreciate everyone's overwhelming support.
0: Awesome. So I appreciate the time I'm at. Wish you the best of luck coming up and uh, don't forget to send me that
1: will video. Yep. Sounds good, man. I'll send you now. I'll talk to you later. All right. Take care.
0: Four thousand five 4,000, I don't know, uh, oh, I forgot I was recording, there you guys have it, uh, episode 45, uh, Dustin James, it's in the books, it's in preparation for August 8th against Gavin Tucker, you don't want to miss that one, hope you guys enjoyed the video, uh, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Stay grinding, boys, and we'll see you on next week's episode for episode 46.